Well, good morning, friends. It's been a good while since we've had a conversation. Um, my life has become exponentially busier. Um, I do apologize for taking so long before getting around to doing this again. Um, truth be known, I did do a couple of podcasts uh, that unfortunately were somehow lost in the uh, electronic world. So I I did have some things prepared for you, but I didn't this morning. Uh, I mean, I did until this morning. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, just a few things, sort of everything under the sun, kind of. Um, The last several podcasts have been about uh, the end times and things that are happening and uh, how we how we see the scriptures come into life and and uh, all the activity that's building up in in Israel. Um, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, <clears throat> but uh, Israel has one of, if not the largest, deposit of natural gas uh, in the world, and uh, they have a pipeline that goes from where that gas line was discovered set up, they have a pipeline that runs from there all the way over to Egypt, and Egypt is uh, selling their gas for them. Uh, They have an agreement, an arrangement, and so they're selling their gas uh, to Europe through that um, channel. And so, um, obviously, Putin is suffering some damages from the uh, sanctions that the world has put against him, but for the most part, um, he still makes about a billion dollars a day off of the sale of oil, and I know now he's requiring that um, whoever buys the oil has to pay for it in rubles. He's trying to prop his rubles up in in Russia, which is probably a very smart thing. Um, But I noticed when he was up against the wall, in, in uh, Russia yeah, with Ukraine that he was so quick and willing to throw in the option, the nuclear option. And uh, just something in my spirit told me something must be going on with Putin and his life. Um, and I thought maybe he probably had a diagnosis that he knew he wasn't gonna be around much longer and so he was gonna go out with both guns blazing, so to speak. And so I feel like, in my spirit, that was something that was was pretty much confirmed. But uh, last night I spoke to a lady who told me Putin has been seeing an oncologist now um, for quite some time and has had 30-something visits over the last year. So that tells me something is going on cancer-wise with him, and that might be why he was trying to invade Ukraine and uh, you know he feels like his time is at hand and I could see that I could see that happening totally um, I know that the the world is growing weary of the Ukraine uh, Russian war and uh, everybody's tiptoeing around Russia lest they you know anger him um, however um, with with that new knowledge and I'm sure that the powers that be and the agencies that are in all governments probably have a better grip on this than I do. 
but um, you know, last night, um, get off in the weeds here, last night I was talking about uh, to this lady and her husband about, you know, God, his scripture says that he allows uh, kings to be put into place. And because he allows them, he, we have to accept that whether we like the person in charge of our government or not, we have to believe that God allowed them to be in office. Now, I know uh, a very controversial thing is, uh, you know, uh, Donald J. Trump. I know a lot of people either really love him or they really hate him, and there's, there's no in-between there. Um, he's like a sword. He, he divides and cuts, you know, and um, that's just his personality. And I can say, I honestly believe that Donald Trump was elected president of the United States of America for one reason and one reason only. I believe he was elected president to move Jerusalem's, uh, to basically make Jerusalem the center of the earth again and uh, to make sure that um, Jerusalem became the capital city. And once that was done, it was, it was as if, um, it was almost as if there was nothing else left for him to do anymore. It was, he had done everything he was supposed to do. And so his usefulness, as far as being in that, um, in that role, um, was done. You know, he was, he was done. And so I believe that's the reason that he wasn't reelected as badly as I wanted him to be reelected in the U.S. He wasn't supposed to be. That's the thing people don't understand. You know, I believe that Trump was given the life that he was given, the wealth, the power, the intrigue, everything led him to one spot. And that was to be the president of the United States of America. So he, could put Israel back on the map, so to speak, in world politics, and to establish Jerusalem as the capital city once again, which we know was their original capital city. Um, I believe that Biden was also put into office for a similar reason. Um, Biden, you know, I, I think Biden is probably demented. It's not just because I don't like Biden, but I think the people that put him in there, which I believe is Barack Obama, um, put him in there so they could get their agenda done. And Biden wouldn't stand in the way. He wouldn't oppose them. And so God's timing is perfect. And we talked about the timing of God last night and how things are happening around the world. And, you know, you can look at the scripture and see that in, you know, in, in the last days there'll be perilous times and you know, children will become uh, rebellious to their parents and you know, men will become lovers of themselves, leaving the natural affection for women. Um, even women, it says, will leave the, leave the natural affection of men and so, or something that affect, I'm, I'm paraphrasing from what I've read. And I'm reminded of when Elijah um, stood on the mountain 
and challenged the 850, uh, well, 450 were prophets of, of Baal, uh, 400 were brought over, they were prophets, they were Phoenician prophets brought over by um, Jezebel from her land, um, from Canaanite, and um, or Canaan, I believe they were Canaanites, but uh, they're definitely Phoenicians who started the whole thing of this Baal worship. But anyway, I'm reminded of that uh, uh, story of Elijah and how they built the altar and, you know, the, the 450 prophets of Baal built the altar and they were going to call down fire from heaven from their god, Baal. And nothing happened. And about midday, uh, Elijah began to taunt them and you know, and, and make comments like maybe your God's asleep, maybe you need to yell louder, maybe maybe he's gone, maybe, you know, maybe he's um, going to the bathroom or something. And how they, they, they began to scream louder and then eventually they began to cut themselves. And it says in the, in the word that the, that the blood gushed out of them. So I'm not sure how many of them exsanguinated themselves to death, it didn't say any of them died, but it said the blood gushed out of them. So I'm, I'm assuming they cut some arteries. Um, at any rate, it didn't work. And so Elijah about that evening said, you know, get out of the way. And they had torn down the altar because they got up there and, you know, were so angry and throwing themselves on the, on the altar. And, uh, you know, the people were starting to murmur and the king himself was like, you know, where's, where's the God of Baal? And so Elijah said, he took 12 rocks and he built, a, he built, he took these stones and he built uh, um, an altar of 12 stones uh, to represent the, the uh, children of Israel. And, um, and so he built the 12 stones, put the, the, the slaughtered calf up there and, and then he had them bring uh, four vials of, or four uh, vases of water. And he did that three times and he poured it around and the last time he dug a, a moat around the uh, altar and as he dug a moat around the altar he had them fill it up with water and the wood was wet and everything was wet on the altar it was so wet that you know a traditional fire would probably not work and so he got he got around the uh, the altar and he prayed and he said oh God king of Israel king of everything basically you are the only God let's show these people that you are the only God and so fire came down from heaven well this is this is partially the point I was going to make it's so important to read the word yourself and not take the word from someone else because for years, and I've been a Christian since I was nine years old, for years I thought the fire came down and consumed all the prophets of Baal. I mean, it burned up the altar and everything else, but I thought it consumed the prophets of Baal. It did not, but that's the way I remembered it. And so as I read on and I realized that the fire came down and it destroyed the altar, uh, it, it evaporated everything, the rocks, the water, even the sand, it says. And um, the prophets of Baal tried to, tried to bail. They tried to leave. They tried to run. And um, Elijah said, no, 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 catch them. And he took them down to the Kidron River. And um, he killed them all, all 850 of them. It doesn't say that, it, it says that they were killed. Um, tradition has it that... Uh, Elijah did it, you know, cut them, uh, split their throats or stabbed them or whatever. He killed them. He destroyed every single one of them. And he established God back in the northern kingdom of Israel um, because every king, with the exception, I think, of maybe three of the 20 kings that came out of the northern kingdom, now this was prior to them being taken over 
uh, in 70 AD and the temple being destroyed and them taken into uh, captivity for, I guess, 300 years. Before this, God had given the opportunity to do the right thing, but so many kings came along and did the wrong thing. And, um, you know, even as wise as, uh, um, oh gosh, what's his name? The wisest and richest king ever. I apologize, my brain does not function well. I'm only, I'm only into my first cup of coffee. So, um, Solomon, even he allowed, he married into the false prof, uh, the false gods that were being worshipped. He married into the daughters of the men who, who worshipped these false gods, and so did the women. And they built high towers and high places along. Uh, in his kingdom and he allowed them to worship other gods and so even as wise as Solomon was he allowed them to worship other gods which you know that was one thing you know, that was the original Ten Commandments that I am Lord thy God there's no other God you should worship no other God but me and remember what angered God when he when he sent Moses um, Moses down from the from the mountain he said go down your people have built an, an idol and they're now worshiping an idol that that is nothing but an idol that doesn't live like me go down there and so God doesn't he's a jealous God he doesn't want to be uh, second to anyone well I've gotten off in the weeds again but I believe everything happens for a reason there was a season for Elijah and Elijah knew the season was coming to an end and he said you know to Elisha his assistant you know I am you know I'm going off here you stay here and Elisha said no 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 I don't want to and Elisha said I I want to go with you. And he said, no, 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 I'm, I'm being taken away. And he said, I know, I've been told. And uh, I, I want you to bless me. I want you to give me, he said, well, what do you want? He said, I want you to give me double what you had. And um, I got my dog out. She's using the restroom. Come on, let's go. And uh, so we know the story. We know that Elisha saw Elijah go up in the whirlwind. Scout, come on. Scout, she's a hard-headed dog, she's a lab. Come here, inside, come on. And we know that Elijah went up in the whirlwind, Elisha saw him, and he basically had a double uh, portion of what God had given Elijah. And then Elisha took it on and, and um, did a lot uh, after that. But we know that, you know, we're all, come here, inside. But we know that we're all being used of God in some way or another, just like, just like uh, uh, Trump, just like Biden, even Obama. Every leader that is in office is used of God, because God says, you know, his his timeline is perfect, and he'll have everything work the way he wants it to work, not the way we want it to work. And it it doesn't always come out the way we think it should come out. And so I say all that to circle back around again to say that, yes, I do believe in all my heart that we are quickly approaching the rapture. You know, Jesus calls it the, the, the blessed hope. Even Jesus recognized it as a rapture. And he said, it is the blessed hope and count yourself blessed if you, get, if you go up in it. And, you know, I was reading scripture the other day in Revelation, and uh, I came across, I've read it many, many times, but it never really stuck out with me. Um, you know, 
as, I'll back up just a little bit, but as joint heirs of Christ, people say, well, you know, we're going to rule with Christ, but, you know, we're only going to rule for a thousand years. That's what the verse says. It says we will rule with Christ for a thousand years during that millennial period. And at the end of that period, we'll give up our crowns. In other words, we'll give up our authority. Um, when we marry into the family, we are the bride and he is the groom. And so when we go in the rapture, we are going to celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. That only comes before the tribulation, not after the tribulation. There's no mention of it afterwards. It's only before the tribulation. Now, I spoke of John and John being taken up and into the doorway into heaven. And at some point, John was uh, in, the, in the heavenlies and he saw a massive crowd under the altar. Now, we don't really know what the altar was. He described it as an altar. It could have been a, uh, a stage. It could have been anything. We know that his perspective is only limited by what he was used to. So he called it an altar and he said, who are these under the altar? And the angel said to him, of course, you know who they are. And he, and he said to the angel, I, I don't know who they are. And the angel said, but you do know. And he said, no, I don't know who these are. And the angel said, these are those who came out of the great tribulation, who washed their robes in red, and they were all dressed in white. And the, the indication there is that they all died during the great tribulation. Now we know the tribulation uh, is the first three and a half years, and we know that the great tribulation is the last three and a half years, which equals out to seven years. And that's where the timing comes in for the what they call the fig tree generation. And so, and I think we covered that once before, but I'll try to touch on it here again. And so when I hear John speak of this untold numbers of people that could not be counted, that were under the altar in heaven, the angel goes on further to say that these are those who washed their robes, came out of the great tribulation. And he said, they shall serve the throne day and night, and the sun shall, not, shall never touch their skin. Now, I believe, personally, when he said that their sun shall, the sun shall not touch their skin day or night, that they are going to either stay in the throne room or be confined to the great city. The great city that we, we hear about coming down as a bride dressed for its groom and it comes down and sits down on Israel. And we know that's 1,500 miles this way, 1,500 miles that way, and 1,500 miles high. It's a huge city. But it, it gives a specific title and job for these people who came out of the great tribulation and died. Now, yes, they're Christians. Yes, they, they, they made it to heaven and know they won't be judged and know they won't be cast into the lake of fire, but they will not share the same, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, authority or gift that we share as we go up in the rapture the first time, you know, the only time when the rapture comes. Um, they don't share in the same rewards that you and I share in because it doesn't say that they will rule and reign. It says that they will serve the throne room day and night for all of eternity. And, and you and I, it says that we're the bridegroom. That's one description of who we are. Those of us who believe now, you know, and, and it says also that we shall, we shall um, 
we shall serve with Christ and rule and reign with him over the millennial period for a thousand years. So definitely two different descriptions describing those who go up in the rapture as opposed to those who make it to heaven during the tribulation. So first, I mean, I have people who say they don't believe in the rapture. They think that it's an escapist idea, but the word is pretty clear about it. And I know that they, they think they're clear about it, but um, what bridegroom would beat up his bride before marrying her? Um, I know of no, I know of uh, no bridegroom that would do that. And so, I believe we have proof positive that there is a rapture, and I believe the rapture is coming soon. Um, I've shared with you the timeline, uh, you know, the, the verse that said the, the, uh, the uh, fig leaf uh, generation. This is the fig leaf generation. The ones who saw uh, Israel become a nation in 1948 is the fig leaf generation. That the the word says that that generation shall not pass away until the until the second coming of Christ, basically. And um, the second coming is not the rapture. That is the rapture. The second coming is after the rapture when we come back with Christ. And that's another proof positive too. When we come back with Christ, how could we come back with Him if we're not already in heaven and we've already had our our brand new bodies? And so we come back to earth with Christ to set up the kingdom. So, when, uh, when you talk about the fig tree generation, you're talking about those who were, who were born in 1948. Well, I think of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. He was born in 1948. And so, when, when you consider the, the fig tree generation, think of Benjamin Netanyahu. Okay? He is either 72 or 73 years old. But if you do the timeline from 1948, May 14, 1948, to May 14, 2022, which is just next month, you have 73 years. And I know I've gone over this before, but I want to go over for those who haven't heard it before. 73 years. They said that a generation is 70 years, but 80 if there be strength. And then in Revelation, I believe it talks about God gives strength to um, to the fig leaf generation and I, I may be misquoting there but I, I believe that's where it is but it does say if they but if they have strength then it should be 80 years and so we know that a generation can be 70 years traditionally but if strength is given which we know he's referring to the strength being given during the tribulation it could be 10 years added to it so that's 80 years well, if you take 1948, May 14th, 1948, to May the 14th, 2022, then you have 73 years. The tribulation is seven years long. If you take seven years and add it to 73 years, you have 80 years. Now, God was dealing with Israel when he was here, and it wasn't until Paul crossed over and he said, now go deliver this message to the Gentiles. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. Well, the, the Jews had refused the information. And we know the information was Jesus is the Son of God. He is the returning King. 
he is who the Jews have been worshiping all these years, but they didn't believe that he came in the flesh. And so God said, okay, I'm going to put them on the back burner. So he puts them on the back burner, so to speak, and he says, I'm going to deal with them later. Well, when he said, I'm going to deal with them later, what he meant was the fig leaf generation. Okay. He said, Jews ask for a sign. Okay. And he says, you know, I won't come back until you call my name. And I stand on the Mount of Olives until you stand on the Mount of Olives and call my name. And so God wanted them to be one uh, of the Jewish people to know that they had no one to turn to but him. And so once we're taken out of the earth, once we're removed, because he says he'll remove a spirit from the earth, and you know, the spirit of God lives in all of us. And so if he's going to remove a spirit, he wouldn't leave us here. He would take us with him because the spirit of God is within us. And so that's another proof that we're being taken in the rapture. Um, but once he takes us, then the Jews are still here. Those who are uh, traditional Jews, not Messianic Jews who believe in Christ, and there are millions of those, um, but there are, there are Jews who still don't believe and God still loves them because he's, he made a covenant with them. He made a promise with them years ago um, with Moses, with, um, is, with Israel. And so his promises are forever. So now we're out of the picture um, and the Jews are standing alone in Israel. Now what would make the world turn against Israel? My personal opinion is Ezekiel 38. If you look at Ezekiel 38, you see that uh, Damascus becomes a heap of a ruinous heap. And I've talked about this before as well. Um, Iran is um, moving forward with a nuclear deal with the United States. Now we know under Donald Trump that wouldn't have happened. So God's plan, you know, his timing would have been thwarted, but we know we can't thwart God's time. So God's timing is perfect. He set everything up and that's why he didn't allow Trump to go back into office. Even though I do believe it was stolen from him, um, he didn't allow Trump to go back in. That was not what he wanted. And so Biden is uh, pressing on with his uh, deal to Iran for them to enrich up to 5% of their uranium so they can have um, nuclear power. Well, we all know that Iran sanctions terror and terrorism, and we also know that Iran um, hates Israel and has vocally, uh, as, as much as I think this month or last month, said that you know Israel deserves to, to be wiped off the face of the map, and if they ever get a nuclear weapon, they will. So the fact that America is making a deal with them is incongruent to me and to world security as well as national security. And of course, Israel knows this. They see what's coming. And um, so we believe, I believe, Iran is going to uh, make a functioning limited nuclear bomb and they're going to fire it at Israel. Now, where they fire it, I don't know. I don't think they'd fire it in Jerusalem because I think Jerusalem is a sacred site to the uh, Muslims because of the uh, Dome of the Rock. So I don't think they would risk the ire of the you know, millions of Muslims across the world who would then um, shun them. Um, so I believe they'll probably fire on Tel Aviv or maybe Haifa, causing a, a destruction uh, to Israel, uh, you know. And of course, Israel re will respond in kind by a heavier nuclear weapon um, on Damascus. I think this is where Ezekiel 38 comes from. And that's why I believe Ezekiel 38 is after the rapture, shortly after the rapture. 
Well, we know for a fact that uh, Russian troops uh, are building up their forces and their armaments in Damascus even as we speak. We know that uh, Iran already has the bomb. Um, we know that Iran is probably going to launch the bomb out of Syria, Damascus, and that is why Israel will target Damascus. And when they do, um, of course, we'll be gone, the Christians will be gone, so there'll be no voice of reason in any government, um, not yet. And the world will turn its back on Israel, make them out to be the bad guys. And that is when um, I believe Obama will come to the scene and bring peace through his uh, former leadership. And of course, you know, with all the Christians gone and all of his yes people still here who just worship the ground he walks on, um, he'll easily step into power and reassure everyone um, that, uh, that everything is okay. He'll strike a peace deal, a seven-year peace deal with Israel after this. And um, for the first three and a half years, there will be um, world peace. And it'll be achieved by this man, I believe, to be Obama, who will eventually assume the role of the Antichrist. And of course, we know that at the end of the three and a half years that the Antichrist um, is wounded, mortally wounded, in the head. We don't know exactly how. Some people say that, you know, he'll be shot in the head. Um, it's hard to tell. He could be in an accident. We don't really know. The Bible's not specific. It simply says that he'll receive a mortal wound, and that mortal wound will take him out of this world. And then three days later, as they mourn his body for three days, um, on the third day he'll rise again, and he'll declare himself the Son of God. He'll declare himself uh, the Savior, Jesus Christ. And, um, of course, we know he is the Antichrist, uh, which doesn't mean against God or against Christ. It simply means replacement. Anti means replacement. So at the end of that three and a half year period, it says that the, the Bible says, the scripture says that God gives Satan, who is indwelt inside of Obama, gives him the authority to rule against the saints. So we know there are saints here now. Now, of course, you know, the eyes of the... Um, Jews are open. They see that the Antichrist is the Antichrist. He's not the Christ that they thought he was. Um, of course, when he sets up his rule, when the Antichrist sets up his rule, um, he requires every person to participate in this, the beast, the system of the beast, which is the financial system, I believe. And um, he, if you don't participate in that, you can't buy, sell, trade, or barter. And it's a sense of it's a sense of loyalty. It's a sense of loyalty that um, people are, are, they show. And uh, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. And so, this um, sense of loyalty that they feel is shown through their um, dedication to the system and, and to, the, to the Antichrist himself, so. We know this to be true because the word says so, and we know that there'll be a resistance in the world because John said, you know, he saw those under the altar. So we know that even though people are blinded and they don't see the truth now, they will see the truth eventually. And um, God's plan will come to fruition, but I do believe that we are in 
the very last moments. Um, I believe the math is correct. Um, if it's not, it won't shake my foundational belief in Christ or in God. <laughs> Excuse me, but I do believe, and I'm not the only person who believes this. There's a gentleman on uh, YouTube, you can look him up. His name is Robert Breaker, B-R-E-A-K-E-R. -E -E He's out of Panama, Florida. He does a whiteboard uh, where he explains the timeline and uh, he does it a lot better than I can. Um, so if you want to take a look at the timeline, um, it's, it's, really, it's really pretty fabulous the way he's done it. So anyway, that's where we are today. That's our broadcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's a little longer than normal, but uh, I apologize. We had some interruptions, but this time I was at the house, so it was easier for me to do it. But um, I look forward to our, our next podcast. Until then, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord make His face shine down upon you. Have a great day.